the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. CNN has been running for, what, about seven, maybe nine hours, Rudy Giuliani. He has been, uh, his place has been raided, his offices. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Now, I'm not, uh, you know, listen, I disagreed with Rudy when he ran for president. I disagreed with some of Rudy's policies when he was the mayor. I thought stop and frisk was a terrible policy. That's just me. But I like Constitution. I like rights of the individual. So, you know, I had my differences with him when he was the he was the uh, head of the Southern in New York, wasn't he? When he was the AG, one of the most powerful attorney generals, when he took on the outfit and uh, or they don't call it the outfit. What do they call it? The, the, the mob or the mafia? That's fine. That's what I call them. Um, when he took them on and he abused the RICO Act to bankrupt families and steal people's assets. I didn't agree with him. I, I didn't agree with him when he was. Um, doing stuff for the in the Ukraine. I never got the whole thing with the Ukraine. And uh, they said he was doing uh, research for Hunter Biden's business. Well, we already had all that research. So I don't know if he's innocent or guilty. But what I do know is that this is clearly political, clearly and absolutely political. But that's what the Marxist mafia we call Democrats. That's how they operate. Just ask anybody who wants to operate business in Chicago and doesn't doesn't pay a little sack of Joea to the right guy, the right alderman. Just ask him how it goes. So we all already know that this is political. Um, I wasn't going to spend a lot of time on this, but let's spend the time it deserves. I found the most interesting take on it to be on the Fox Business Channel, although I, you know, I argue with everybody. I don't like Neil Cavuto all the time. I think he does have a good show. I think you're going to have a different opinion of Charlie Gasparino after you hear this than you probably did before. We're uh, trying to get more details on this apparent uh, search warrant that was executed in uh, Manhattan today on the Upper East Side apartment of uh, Rudolph Giuliani, the former New York mayor who became President Trump's uh, personal lawyer, you might recall. It might have something to do on uh, whether uh, Giuliani was illegally lobbying the Trump administration in 2019 on behalf of Ukrainian officials and uh, high business and political officials uh, to get some dirt. And that was the charge at the time on some of Mr. Trump's political rivals. They included Joe Biden. So much we don't know, uh, but I do want to piece this together with what we we do know uh, with our own Charlie Gasparino, who has been following this story and, and others around Giuliani and circle Trump for some time. Uh, what can you tell us, Charlie? One thing I know about the mayor, the former mayor, is that he does business all around the world. Um, and here's what I would say before jumping to conclusions here. 
Uh, there's a fine line between what is legally lobbying and what isn't. And, uh, you know, before people start saying that Rudy's guilty of, of being a lobbyist, with, I mean, you know, the, the, these lines are blurred all the time. I mean, all you have to do is look at some of the Hunter Biden stuff to understand that there's, you know, this is what this is what people in influence do. You know, they, they have clients, they talk to important people about the clients, and, you know, sometimes it's it, it runs afoul of the law. A lot of times it doesn't. So I would just be really careful with this story. Uh, and that's the reality is I don't like the way the whole system operates. I don't like the way that this has become normal. I don't like the idea that um, we can have people that are close to politicians kind of meander around the world and cut deals and different banking deals. See, I, to me, that seems awful dirty. And uh, both parties do it. I think one party does it to perfection. And uh, they're the ones that, I guess, have the 80-year-old fraud representing them right now, and that's the Democrats. But um, that was my one criticism, well, my one major criticism of Trump. I, I never liked these guys that he surrounded himself with. Paul Manafort is the greatest example of, of a real scoundrel. And uh, he was big in the Ukraine, and I thought it was crazy what he did. And I was equally as offended when I saw what Hunter Biden and the Democrats do. And I think maybe we've gotten used to, as American citizens, we get used to people telling us what's legitimate and what isn't, rather than us coming to our own conclusions. I think this whole damn thing is corrupt. I think the idea that we have liaisons to politicians cutting deals in foreign countries is something to be worried about. I'm not suggesting that what he did is wrong. I don't know. Maybe he's telling the truth. I don't know. But he's a, a lawyer from New York, ultimately, and I have a hard time trusting him. You know, the mayor, it was, you know, if you don't like his politics, is one thing. He was a, it was a very good mayor. He was, a, he was a good prosecutor. He's got to know where those lines are drawn. If he doesn't, then, then he's, he's going to have some problems. But, I mean, this is, this is a snapshot. Neil, we, we don't know a lot right now. And, you know, they're looking at everything. I mean, they're, they're, Cy Vance, the, um, the Manhattan DA, is, is still looking at Trump and, uh, and, and, and Donald Trump's former president's business dealing. So there's... And that's the whole thing. They've been going after this guy since he announced and they're going to get him on something. You can book it right now. But make no mistake about it. It is political prosecution, not criminal. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, legal eyes on the former Trump people right now. And uh, Trump himself and his former people. And, uh, you know, you, you can't help but think it's politically motivated. You know, we're, we, we hear nothing about Hunter Biden and, and his business dealings. But, you know, Rudy Giuliani gets his apartment to... Uh, Rated. I mean, it, it is completely. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's an very unusual. Story. You think about it, Charlie, to, to to do something like this against a lawyer, let alone a former confidant of the, the president of the United States. So U.S. attorney. It, it, it That's a U.S. attorney for the Southern District. Right. Exactly. The, the U.S. attorney US for the attorney Southern District. Southern District. That, that is the premier federal law enforcement uh, uh, agency in in the in the whole sort of U.S. attorney system. But he made the mistake of siding with the wrong party. I mean, that's that's the way it really, really works. That's why when they're building their bureaucracies, they're not they're not actually people that are working for these institutions and they are unbiased. They are absolutely and totally biased from the FBI to the EPA and all of the other little ticky tack foot soldiers of the state in between. That's why it's extremely important. We have a very simple set of rules that we, the people, come up with. Here's, let's start with this one. There will be no business with foreign governments and anyone attached to an elected official. End of story. Not a mayor of Chicago. Not an alderman. Huh? Eddie Burke with the Viagra in your pocket. You think I forget about you, fatso? Not a president. Not a senator. Not a senator's son. 
Wait, can, we, can we just have like a simple rule? Because they like it this way, nice and cloudy. So they can, they can, whoever's in power can abuse it. And that has always been my argument against government spending and government in control of very specific taxation. And that leads me right into diapers. The feeble fascist himself. He's got a new plan he's going to talk about tonight. $1.8 trillion, trillion, a thousand billions, trillion dollars in family spending plan. That's ironic. The political party that has done everything it can to destroy any kind of family. It, uh, now it's, it, he's going to be Robin Hood. And this is how it's being reported in the media. He is Biden Hood. They're calling him Biden Hood. He's going to tax the rich and give to the poor. But not really. Not the rich that support him. They have a way of evading all of these taxes. They have a way of being in the right place at the right time. Kind of like when Joe Biden and his wife were on their speech tour, which I find funny. He can't get through a sentence and someone's given him a half a million, million six for speeches. So what he did is he set up an S-corp and he ran his shill company so that it avoided taxes. In fact, he avoided my favorite tax, the Obamacare tax. So he hid $10 million, $10 million this idiot made from the time he stopped pretending to be the vice president until the time he started to pretend to be the president. He hid $10 million in that company and paid taxes on $3 million. So the idea that this morphodite, this fraud of a man who's done nothing in, in, in society except be a senator and has amassed what? Last count, 17, 18 million in real estate holdings alone. He's going to tax the rich. Well, until the IRS starts seizing the Biden assets, just just know this is all lip service. And what it is, is a threat to the political opposition, because the only people that will be taxed are the, are the Republicans. The only people that will be taxed are the opposition to the Marxist mafia. That's why so many of Silicon Valley and so many of the American oligarchs give money to these Marxist mafia we call Democrats. So the sales pitch is very simple. Here it is. One element of this reform uh, will be to change how we tax capital gains. Uh, And as you all know, that's income from selling stocks and other assets uh, for taxpayers that make more than one million dollars per year. Now, listen, that also includes if your mother and father should forever pass away and their house was paid for, you get the inheritance, right? And then you sell it. That's a capital gains on you. Now, they'll try to maneuver numbers around, but there's all kinds of ways. You could hit that one number once in your lifetime, never hit it again. You could uh, have a stock portfolio that you just decide, you know what, I don't want to be long stock when, when uh, uh, the Federal Reserve admits that it's going to continue to pump $120 billion a month into the market like they did today. We'll get to Jerome Powell later. And you just have a, an idea. You just want to sell your stuff. So you hit that tax bracket one time. This is when the tax will come in. Um, in income. So I want to start by reinforcing who this change will actually affect. Um, This change will affect taxpayers making more than a million dollars a year. Uh, In 2018, three-tenths of one percent of tax filers made more than a million dollars a year. So I want to start by underscoring this in simple terms. This change will only apply to three-tenths of a percent of taxpayers. So forget about them. It's not you. So cheer as we take away money from those bad people who made a lot of money. So this is the mentality of America now. It's very, very similar to Europeans and very, very similar to Soviets. This is how they sell you this nonsense. Rather than saying, how is it even uh, uh, constitutionally legitimate to tax one American different than another? 
How did we ever get to that point where that's that's an American principle? I mean, after all, it's equality before the law, unless you're really good at something. Then it's not so equal, Um, which is not the top one percent. It's not even the top one half of one percent. We're talking about three tenths of a percent. That's about five hundred thousand households in the country that we're talking about. The principle here is to equalize the treatment of, of ordinary income and capital gains. It's not to equalize. It's not fairness. It's not to equalize. It's to mitigate. It's to manage. It's to extort, intimidate and confiscate. Words are very, very important. And that's why articles can put this facade of a man, this 80-year-old dimwit, who has been nothing but a political whore, selling power. That's how he made his money. Selling connections and power to the tunes of tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. And do you think he's going to tax himself or the people like him? This is strictly a mechanism to take away from those people with assets that disagree with the party in charge. There isn't one Silicon Valley guy that's going to pay $1 more. There isn't one American oligarch that contributes to the Democrat Party, not a Goldman Sachs hedge fund trader. None of them. This is strictly to use against political opponents because that's what our country has become now. Whoever is in charge wields the power. And that power is of taxation and intimidation, as you see. With the Giuliani's, as you see with the crackdown on anybody who speaks against him. And as you see with an investigation of a, of a real estate guy who wasn't having the issues he had prior to stepping up and running for president. 312-642-5600. I want to talk a little bit more about the family plan when I get back. Rudy, 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 Greg, hang on. I'm going to get to you first, but I want to finish this this uh, this cut from this lipstick on a pig salesman. Um, and that is a principle that's neither um, new nor particularly novel. In fact, uh, the uh, the last president to enact a uh, reform to equalize the treatment of uh, ordinary income and capital gains was President Reagan. Liar! Liar! He is a liar. He's an absolute and total liar, what he's not telling you. See, I love the tricks of the Marxist mafia. They feel they can buy comfort and some sort of grace with you by pointing out to a Republican who they say raised taxes. But like everything that comes out of their filthy lying mouth, it's a lie. What Reagan did was lower taxes. In fact, he lowered the capital gains tax to 20% in 81. What happened in 86 is that he was undermined from his vice president, scumbag that he is, Bush Sr., in helping numerous Democrats win both Congress and the Senate. In 1986, the Democrat House, the Democrat House raised the capital gains tax to 28%. Reagan didn't come up with that idea. Reagan didn't want to raise the rates. He understood one thing and one thing for sure. There is a private economy and there is a government-manipulated economy that taints the water. It's that simple. See, these are Keynesians and these are Fabians. I know I talk about it a lot, but it's crucially important because what they are, are people that feel that liberty and freedom and us, we the people, cannot be in charge of our own freedoms, our own economies, and our own choices. So they, the overlords from Mount High, get to make those decisions. That's why I always refer to it. It's important to know how these people who claim to represent you really think of you with contempt They have contempt for you and your money. 
And that's why I want to go to Greg in the Tri-State. Hi, Greg. How are you? I'm doing well. Yourself? Very good. I'm looking forward to your question. Yes. Uh, yeah, I was just uh, interested to see your perspective on how it should be. You know, whether you work at McDonald's, you inherited some money from your parents, you sold your house, you work on Wall Street. What's your thoughts on uh, what would work best and, and simplest for this, Americans? This has been, you know, argued, bantied about for really since 1913 when income tax showed its head. To me, in an American country that says that, that we're going to treat everybody equal, it's very simple. There is one flat tax. And that flat tax pertains to everything except inheritance tax, because that is the most immoral tax of all. How dare the government tax an inheritance that, that assets that people built up while playing their very complicated taxation game somehow manage to get, grab assets and then you're going to tax the people who died because they want to leave it to their children? I think that is absolutely immoral. And the idea that a, that a country based on freedom would even implement it shows you that we've been undermined. So, in other words, you either look at the money as yours. I look at your money as Greg's money. I don't look at your money as the government's money that they allow you to keep. So if you go out to work every day and you're very good at your job, you pay 16%. If you go out to work every day and you're very bad at your job, you, it's 16%. And it isn't me that came up with that number. That's the Chicago 8 that came up with that number that took Chile and took it from a despotic hellhole of bankruptcy, third world, and through implementation of that system, 16% became once again one of the richest countries in South America until they voted their rights away and became socialists again. So this isn't something I'm pulling out of my shoe. I'm not a Democrat. I don't just pick up numbers and make it up. This is something that you understand as, as, a, as a citizen. My government is not, does not have the right to 100% of my assets or my income. They have the right to 16, period, end the story, and that's it. Don't forget, too, we're already paying numerous VAT taxes. You're paying taxes when you consume different sin products, gas being one of them. That's a sin, too. You pay an exorbitant amount of taxes on that. So to me, Greg, we're the ones in charge. And if you're going to treat me one way, then you better treat everybody that way. You don't get to penalize me because I'm good at making money. That's my end. But that's because I want us to be in control of the, of the economy, Greg. The idea that this dimwit who's run nothing, this man's never had a job, Joe Biden. He's going to come out and spend, it, I call it economic sabotage. He's going to borrow from the future another, another $1.8 trillion. Since he's been in office, we're talking $6.2 trillion. I mean, that, that's how you destroy our dollar and your wealth and your kids' wealth. What about your kids? Let's say you're not good at making money. Don't you hope one of your kids is? And do you want him to be taxed to pay for you? You know, this is a moral thing. To me, taxation is moral. It, and, and we are way unmoored from any American principles or morals. Thank you, Greg. One, it's, it's very simple. This is a country where I am equal before the law. Government is the law. You don't get to decide when you take more from me. Otherwise, what's the point in me making money? And that's the other thing that Marxists create, stagflation. That's a word that only came about because of these morons we call Democrats in power. Because ultimately what they don't understand, rich guys don't have to work. Here, here's what I'll do for capital gains tax. I won't take them. I won't take the capital gains if I like the investment vehicle. Or I'll do something even more diabolical that Democrats came up with. And you know what that is? That's to borrow against assets. So then I never pay income. Never, ever, ever. I just keep borrowing and borrowing and borrowing. And I get the money, and there's no taxes on it. Okay? So that's what will pop up in a Biden administration. And guess who's going to be the, the entrepreneurs behind that? Democrats. Wall Street. 
investment bankers that already got this system all worked out. You'll be able to borrow against assets rather than cash them out. See, there's always going to be a way because they have to leave that avenue because these are the biggest crooks on the planet pretending to be virtuous. 312-642-5600. We'll be back after this. Nice. I'll tell you, I, I so enjoyed Michael Jackson before we found out he was a pedophile. I really, I thought he was so talented. Now I just think he's a freak. Don, on the south side, your question intrigues me as well. Hi, Don. Hey, just a quick comment. You had a guy call in before said that, uh, or I'm sorry, you were playing a clip yeah. from one of the Democrats selling the new tax plan, saying that it's not really going to affect that many people, maybe only 500,000 people, and it's not really going to affect, we're pulling that much money. And I thought, well, if that's the case, why are you doing it? you got to pay for about one point nine trillion that you're spending. So in other words, you're telling us you're going to get the money from the rich, but then you're telling us you're not really going to tax the rich that much. So that's number one. That's kind of contradictory. It's, it's obvious. <laughs> that's, that's what they did in really? 1913, though. The way that they passed yeah, the income thing, tax was they said it was only going to affect 1%. How'd that work out? But go ahead. Right. right. The other thing is there's a thing called a Laffer curve. I don't yeah. know if you've heard of it. In mm-hmm. economics. Yeah, it shows if you, you know, the more you tax, the less income you get from people, the less revenue the government will make. And you can either be at one end of the curve taxing zero or the other end taxing 100%. And both ways, you'll get no money from people. People don't realize how much they spend in, income, in tax now. I agree with what you said earlier. Um, I tell people, my students, I say, think about your state tax, your property tax, your sales tax, your gas tax, your phone tax, your cell phone tax, all your taxes, beer, cigarettes, wine, everything. By the time you're done, half your money goes to the government in taxes. Now you want to give them more? They have half the money in the country coming back to them in taxes, and they're broke. And you know something, um, Don? It's half, it's half if you are a middle earner. If you're a high earner, when you break down all of the taxes, if you were not involved in their Rube Goldberg system and were playing the game of tax avoidance, you would really keep around 30% of your money. If it's you, amazing. Yeah, it, it, and what it shows you is that the government, the American government, looks at the American citizen as a slave, and that as the money they earn, the governments, they're just letting you keep some. And that's why the psychology the psychology of it, well, that we are stupid. And we keep proving yeah. them right when they think we're stupid. So, you know, your original question is, this new spending, and all this, this now tonight, he's going to come out, and I think he's going to get through the speech, although I don't know, I'm not willing to bet on it. He's going to say we need uh, $1.8 trillion in family spending. Knowing that he has to use that future debt as a weapon against the future earners. So that's why they're not going to, they cannot possibly pay for what they've already owe, let alone what they're borrowing. So this, what they have learned is their, their failures become their weapons. So that's why they you keep telling us the same thing, only changing the numbers. And we keep letting it happen because none of us are saying, you know, like today, and, and I'm assuming you teach economics, but I don't know. Today, as you heard um, Jerome Powell come out, and evade specific questions about what's on the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve and why in the hell are you still buying $120 billion a month in monetized debt and $40, 40 billion in unsecured, in unsecured corporate bonds. How are you possibly doing this and how is it legal? He just said, well, I want to keep everything the way it is. And, and the people say, okay. And what happens every time a politician or, 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 or a citizen says audit the Fed? 
It is the greatest crime family on the face of the planet, and it worked just like they thought it would when they cut it up at Jekyll Island. Don, thank you so much for the call. I truly thank you. May I say one more quick thing? Absolutely, Don. Okay, um, when we, you know, I think you're great. Your your points are so on target. Uh, We're preaching to the choir here. I tell everybody I talk to my friends, my students, anybody who listen, call into the liberal shows, give them our opinion on the liberal show, so other ears hear what we're trying to say. And I'm going to give you a ray of hope. I got a letter today at the cigar store, and it was from somebody who counted himself as a as a Democrat his whole life. And he told me in an argument with a friend, they listened to this show together, this show right here, and that I, over the course of the last month, have brought a different perspective to him. So when you call people who want to want to be lied to, that's who listens to liberal radio. To me, they're making fun of us. But if we give them just the respect to maybe listen to us. I don't think we are preaching to the choir because I don't have a choir. I came out on a show on a conservative station and I said, I don't think Rudy Giuliani should be in the Ukraine lobbying on behalf of the president if that's what he was doing, if that's what the evidence shows. That's not something most radio show hosts. I come out openly and I tell you, Paul Manafort and Roger Stone bastardized lobbying, and that's why we are in the system we are, and that's why I can't stomach them. And that's why Donald Trump should have never put them close to him. So I don't think we are. We, I don't think we have a choir. I think what we're doing is discussing a philosophy of Americanism, and I think people are are listening and making their mind up. That's just me. Frank in Melrose Park. Hey, Sean, how are you? Wonderful. How are you? Okay, I got to tell you, it just galls me every time I hear the news media talk about a two-tiered justice system. It it shouldn't be. There's no such thing. It's elective enforcement, and they get away with it. It's been going on for years, and Donald Trump just sat by and just let them step all over him, and I respected him except for this. Yeah. Two-tier justice system, selective enforcement is discrimination. Bingo. You can't say Sean can do this and Frank can't, or yeah. vice versa. Yeah. It's illegal. Right. It's it, in the Constitution. And you're right. And nobody and, uses it. And you're right, Frank, and the problem is, you're 100% right, but the problem is you said it, uh, it, it, it shouldn't exist, uh, but it does. And to your point, why does it? That's why I read that story the other day about the, the, the gangbanger who shot into the car and charges were dropped in a plea deal. And the woman was wearing the mesh mask and the judge was deciding whether to put her in prison. This is a system. You want to know what should be automated? Judicial system. Automated. No more judges. No more politicians. Vote for the Democrat running for judge. Get the hell out of here. The idea in this Marxist mafia city and state we have Democrat-affiliated judges tells you there's no judicial system. It's selective prosecution. Very, very simple. That's why if you're ever going to get yourself in trouble, go register as a Democrat. At least maybe it'll get you out of it. All right, now listen, if you're on the line, stay on the line. But I want the people to uh, hear exactly what this dimwit in diapers is going to say tonight. President Biden's uh, address tonight, he's going to lay out uh, an ambitious, an ambitious uh, agenda tonight in his first address to a joint session of Congress a day after a major update on the use of masks. He'll talk about his push to get more Americans vaccinated and also a key pillar of his strategy to get the economy back in shape. The so-called American Families Plan would help struggling families pay for preschool and community college in part by raising taxes on the wealthy. Weijia Zhang is at the White House for us. Weijia, good morning to you. That is just one part of what would be a pretty big ask from Congress. Uh, what else can we expect tonight? 
Good morning to you, Tony, and good morning to everybody. President Biden's speech will be historic, both on the substance and the style, because of the pandemic and who is sitting behind him. For the first time, both spots will be filled by women, Vice President Kamala Harris and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. About 200 people are expected to attend in person compared to the normal 1,600. But the president will have a chance to unveil that latest legislative proposal to the American public this time focusing on so-called human infrastructure. Tonight, on the eve of his 100th day in office, President Biden will introduce the American Families Plan. The administration said it would save the average family $13,000 and offer free preschool for all three- and four-year-olds, along with two free years of community college for all. It would also extend the child tax credit through 2025. They're under the impression that you can buy dignity for people. They're under the impression that people can be provided a, a sustenance, a lifestyle, and everything they need. And along with that, they will have respect for themselves and for other people. They are wrong. And that's why they are the architects and developers of ghettos. Every Democrat-run city and state is a ghetto. That's why they constantly are in bankruptcy. They constantly fail. They constantly need charity. And they are hellholes to live in, like Chicago. 15 people shot yesterday. Yesterday. Where's, that should be Wolf Blitzer. Should be talking about that instead of Rudy Giuliani. 312-642-5600. Fastest show on the, during the day. I really is. I mean, I can't believe how fast this all went. The good news is I have another half hour today. That's right. This show is going to go to 7.30 today. Joseph in Lake Villa, I love this point. How are you, Joseph? I, um, the average person doesn't understand that, um, that, how do you say this, that um, they're paying 60-70% of everything that they make in taxes. The people who collect the income tax are not the same people who collect the property tax, and the property tax is not for the schools. It's because if they take it out of 16 pockets, the average person can't figure out how much they're actually paying in taxes. Yeah, but 80% of your tax is ballpark on ballparking. It goes strictly to the, the, the public sector of education system. That covers all kinds of schools. But here's, here's, here's what I love that people don't understand. The federal government, because your, your original comment was the problem is um, there are millions of people collecting all of the taxes in different types of ways and that benefit from them, if I, if I understand you correctly. Do you know that the federal government alone, just the feds, have 9.1 million employees? If you took how many people work for governments, both through your municipalities, your counties, and your states, you're at about 22 to 24 million people in this country that are paid their entire economic life is from private taxation because the government doesn't have money. It, can't, it, it just collects money and it creates debt. So you've got 22 to 24 million people a year that you have to provide their entire economic life, their pays, their benefits, their retirement. And that's why when you factor in how many private people it takes to pay for one of those people, you realize you are on a trajectory to collapse. And that has been my argument against the growth of government since I was prepubescent. It's very, very simple. This is very, very simple math. You cannot have more people on the dole than providing the dole. Can't work. And now you factor in all of the people that are on various forms of welfare. And you realize in this country, 
I would be shocked if it's even a third that make the world go wrong. That's it. The rest all receive their benefits, their economic life from government. Now, to say if there's value or not, that's an entirely different argument. I'm simply giving you the numbers. So can you say that people who work for the government provide a value? And the answer is some, yes. But that until we change our philosophies, we're going to keep getting these same salesmen. And there's an entire part. Thank you for the call, Joseph. There's an entire portion of the country that feels that what Joe Biden, to you and, and to myself and to millions of people who are in the private economy, what he's, saying, what he's doing is, is sabotage. He's destroying the dollar. There are just as many Americans that feel it's not enough. He's not providing enough. Officials said tax reform and increases on the wealthiest Americans will pay for the nearly $2 trillion package. The president's first address to Congress will cover his other priorities, too. Police reform, immigration, gun safety, foreign policy, and ending the pandemic. On two- this isn't his first spending bill. It's his third. It's his third. There isn't enough money on the planet for one of his ideas, let alone all. Let's go to Pat. You got about a minute, buddy. Hey, Sean, how are you? Wonderful. How are you? Fine Irish name. You're going to love this. It's a comic relief zone. <laughs> right, good. I need We've yep. got we've got morons in the White House. Okay. Uh-huh. Now you know they're after our you know our God love red blooded American men. We love our whiskey, our cigars, our women. All right. You know what? Now we've got an oxymoron coming out of the deli. I don't know if you heard about this, but I, I saw red yesterday on the news. An Italian beefless sandwich. <laughs> It's Are called a pepper and egg. Kidding it's me? called a pepper and egg. It's real simple, Pat. I used to eat them on Fridays when you know I pretended to be Catholic. Thank you very much, Pat. I appreciate it. Thank you for the call. And you know why I say I pretended to be Catholic? Because any any religion that would allow these baby slaughtering scumbags like Joe Biden and Dick Durbin in it, and they're good Catholics, you could keep it. Keep it. Do me a favor, Padre. Aside from making millionaires out of Boy Scouts, don't come to me with your money needs. Go sell some of the paintings in the Vatican. I'm so sick of these frauds hiding behind religion. I got to look at Joe Biden go go for communion. Yeah, do me a favor. Keep putting it in his mouth. Not on your life. The whole world is topsy-turvy. But, hey, the only reason I'm going to watch it is to see if he gets through it. I got 20 says he faints after the first 12 minutes. Anybody want the action? 312-642-5600. streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. out there that we can rally around. There are people that are articulating and espousing the principles of Americanism. One of my favorite groups is the Mises Institute. I am so proud to bring on Ryan McMakin. He's the senior editor at the Mises Institute. He's also the editor at Mises Wire and the Austrian. He's the author of Commie Cowboys. I love that title. Ryan, first of all, is that copywritten? Because I'm going to put that on on a shirt. 
You know, before I used that title, I looked it up to see if anyone else was using it. It's the name of a Dutch rock band, so uh, I don't know. I don't know who has the rights to that phrase. Oh, I could tell you who's going to have it by the end of the show. My lawyer is working on it as we speak, but I will share some royalties. So listen, you've you've, uh, been busy, and I think the work you do is crucially important, and I think it's not necessarily over. However, I will say we're way behind in rounds, and we're closing in on the end of the fight. Um. The plutocrats of Wall Street and Silicon Valley are scamming America. I love this because it's been happening the entire time and they've been operating under the principles of of capitalism, of freedom, and the whole time like many other institutions have bastardized it by political influence and clout. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And part of the reason I use such aggressive language about the plutocracy and that sort of thing is I think there's been a wrong message sent by many conservatives for a long time. Uh, You may be old enough to remember, Sean, that we heard for many years, this was more like 20 years ago, uh, conservatives used to write all these columns about how class warfare, right? Let's stop talking about class warfare. We all get along. Nobody's exploiting anybody else. Everybody naturally can get along fine. Uh, and let's just stop criticizing people who uh, <laughs> might be exploiting us economically. That's just, that sort of thing. And, and those people are way off base. That was, that was a wrong starting spot. And what I point out in the article is it was actually the classical liberals, right? People like the Jeffersonians and, and in Europe, uh, the French liberals, the people who were in favor of free markets who actually created the concept of class warfare. It was them who understood that it was normally rich people aligned with the crown or with parliament who who were uh, exploiting the general population, the, the ordinary taxpayer. And so they really focused on this idea of this plutocracy that uh, was using their political connections to fleece the rest of us. And so I tried to explore that concept a little bit in modern times, looking at people like uh, Zuckerberg and, and Amazon and, and those sorts of people uh, who are uh, using the system to really enrich themselves, especially people associated with the central bank. Um, and they're getting rich, and uh, they're really screwing over the people who suffer from the inflation they cause and from of all, all the anti-competitive stuff that gets handed down from lawmakers. So, Ryan, I, have a, I, I like to tell people about the Fabians as well. I believe these are the people that created the corporatism we are misinterpreting as capitalism and that the system has been corrupted like this for well over 100 years, I mean, 108 to be specific, ever since they started to figure out how to tax people they disagreed with. Um, But do you think, in your opinion, that there are enough people? I feel that now the time is right. I think through great loss and disappointment, there's great opportunity. I think there is an opportunity here to take the people who were maybe misunderstanding certain nationalistic policies as capitalistic, and we can maybe rally them to over, you know, to, to, to fight back against the Marxist mafia pretending to be Democrats we have now. Yeah, I think maybe the first step is, an, is identifying who's screwing you over. And, uh, right. and this is a phrase I've been trying to use at the Mises Institute lately, is the reason we learn economics is to understand how we're being exploited. Because people always say, oh, economics is so boring, you with the Mises Institute, what's this preoccupation with economics? Well, only when you start to learn a little bit of economics do you understand 
how people in power and people who control the Federal Reserve and those sorts of organizations, how they're ripping you off. That's how you start to understand those things. And it has nothing to do with capitalism. It's the capitalists who are the small businessmen, the people who are opposed to the power in Washington. Uh, They're the ones who are on the receiving end of uh, all of this corruption. And it's the corporatists that use the power of government and misuse it to not only keep out competition, but to also constantly manipulate the way in which regular Americans and earners and capitalists are even allowed to keep their money. And um, I was thinking about this the whole time I'm hearing this new form of taxation. As you look on the on the front page of Drudge, it's called Biden Hood, and they have a stoic picture of this 80-year-old in diapers. And I'm supposed to believe he cares about the poor people the whole time, 50 years, this guy has manipulated a system to become worth tens, if not hundreds of millions. How do they keep pulling these, this off where these corporatist frauds get to abuse people and, and present themselves as a, as a righteous vindicator of inequality? Yeah, I think it's a tried and true and effective old alliance that they've managed to use, right? On the one side, they have their their usual game of theft to benefit themselves. So this is a group of people who's very much committed to maintaining their own power and enriching themselves uh, through the financial sector and through just generally all sorts of laws that benefit the huge mega corporations at the expense of everybody else. But at the same time, they then assuage their guilt somewhat by uh, giving some scraps from the table to uh, people who are at the very bottom end of the, of the economic spectrum. And then they're able to hold themselves up as great saviors of society. Now, your other article touches upon another one of my favorite subjects and another way in which the American people are manipulated and played constantly. The United States has declared defeat in two more wars. Um, Has this not become one of the favorite ways for both Republicans and Democrats to blindfold people with the flag of patriotism while constantly using our foreign policy and our military as enforcers of extremely bad Uh, fiscal policy. Well, I think this has been also one of those other tried and true policies, which helps bring the country together, right? Anytime you've got a politician who wants to bring the country together, uh, be very afraid. Uh, I don't know why some conservatives still seem to think this is a good policy. We still, among, among like that, the octogenarians in the boom, and I think younger ones aren't quite as susceptible to this. But the older ones still, I get emails from people about, oh, we need great leadership. We need someone to bring the country together. Well, this is what all the worst policies politicians do. And one of the best ways to bring the countries together is to start a war, uh, try to convince us how much the the world is against us, and there's foreigners trying to kill you every minute of your life. And that's good at getting people to basically just put on the blindfold and accept whatever it is the government wants to uh, tell you you need to fund. Oh, we need the the TSA now. We need all these new anti-terrorism laws. We need the USA Patriot Act. We need constant surveillance of every American. It's for your own good. Otherwise, the terrorists will get you. Otherwise, the terrorists win. And uh, it's really worked. It's gotten Americans to basically just accept whatever it is the regime wants to throw at them. And the good news is that I think people are falling for it less and less. 
Uh, it certainly worked like a charm in 2001 and 2003. I think by the time Obama wanted to invade Syria and do the same thing all over again, people were a little bit more skeptical. And then this whole effort to do uh, to repeat the whole scenario again with Iran doesn't seem to be as popular as it might have been 20 years ago either. And you even remind people this is something that really dates back to Vietnam. Um, and the way in which they lied to the American people about the Gulf of Tonkin and said that uh, we were bombed when the fact of the matter is the ship blew up because of our own incompetence. And we used that, and it paid dividends. And as you look back all the way to that war, there's one common theme. The countries that we tend to go to war with are ones who reject the U.S. dollar as the world currency. Those are the countries we seem to always have a problem with. And is it just me that sees the connection? It can't be. I know you do. Between the, the economic policies of the American government and how they're constantly monetizing debt, printing money, devaluing our own currency, and yet forcing other nations to buy that currency in, in, other, in, in order to transact with their own world commodities. I mean, could it be, am I the only one that sees maybe we're the bad guy when it comes to fiscal policies in the world? Well, you're certainly not the only one. There's uh, there's a few out there who uh, have pointed this out, uh, but that is an underlying issue that most people do not talk about, for sure. And I think one big reason, it's not the only reason, right, that the, the U.S. would uh, start aggressive foreign policy toward a country, but it certainly is a common uh, connecting theme with countries uh, like Libya and with Iran and Iraq and so on, these countries, they're often talking about uh, maybe moving toward a gold standard or maybe trying to move away from the dollar standard in international finance and that sort of thing. And the next thing you know, the U.S. is talking about invading them. Now, there has to be other factors also, but it is uh, part of that larger puzzle. And, uh, yes, it's the, I think part of the reason the U.S. is so wedded to this idea of making sure that everyone is part of this dollar system, most of which has to go through New York in terms of international uh, transactions, is because that makes it very easy then for the U.S. to control these countries uh, through embargoes and economic sanctions and that sort of thing. So it's a choice. The U.S. wants to be able to easily control and punish other countries. And uh, if uh, these other countries then join in some sort of other uh, system that uh, exalts other foreign currencies, and that's why you see countries trying to work more often with Russia and China in terms of using their systems international transactions. It's a way to get free of the U.S.'s dominance of the international system. And the U.S. hates that, the U.S. regime at least, and so often turns to warfare to prevent that sort of thing from happening. And when you see um, politicians come on trillion after trillion, uh, 100 days, 6.2 trillion in, in, in wanted spending, another 4.6 trillion in actual spending, um, how is that not reported as devaluing our dollar? Well, it's amazing now. And now that we're seeing uh, real price inflation, right, which is distinct from money supply inflation. Obviously, there's been huge money supply inflation, right? Yep. Trillions of dollars just printed up out of nothing. And now we're starting to see the price of lumber. Anyone can see the price of housing is just absolutely uh, insane. Uh, but they're still trying to tell us that inflation's really no big deal. It, it's fine. It's going to be fine. It's transitory. Yeah, it's my favorite word. My favorite word, salad. Yes, this is the new, the new word of the day. It's, <laughs> it's, it's transitory inflation. Now that they can no longer deny uh, that it exists. Uh, but they're, they're going to try and exp ex just explain it all away. It's no big deal. Oh, and it's not really due to 
us printing up trillions upon trillions of dollars uh, from nothing. It's due to uh, the fact that uh, some shipping lanes were blocked in the Red Sea. And uh, there, there's some, uh, some other issues involved with, with production somewhere in, in the line there, in the economic uh, logistics. And that's what we'll blame uh, the inflation on. And, you know, they did the exact same thing in the 70s. I remember, uh, well, I wasn't there personally, but uh, Gerald Ford had this whole thing where, oh, people should uh, start uh, planting home gardens because every time you go to the grocery store and spend money on food, you're really fueling inflation. And so they'll come up when the reality was, of course, the reason there was inflation in the 70s was because they had disconnected the dollar uh, from gold. They had closed the gold. A Republican, another Republican, yeah. Yeah, right. Nixon did that. And so they wanted to just come up with any dumb reason to blame inflation. So just as now it's logistics, back then it was, oh, you're you're spending too much money at the grocery store. And so, yeah, yeah get ready to hear all sorts of uh, cockamaniac explanations for the price inflation. Ryan, I, I'm 53, although I look fantastic. And I do remember that. And I will tell you another thing. Gerald Ford, and no one talks about this, tried to price fix and protect the onion And no one talks about that because that was his biggest lobby. And the failure in that was a direct, that was the original domino that set the major, major food inflation of the 70s. And um, I I love to point out that these are Republicans, although Democrats support these policies completely, and they're basically Democrat ideas, the Republicans are not afraid to implement them. And I'm going to keep you a little while longer because I want to talk about your other article. I believe in the forensic autopsy should the American empire collapse. The year that they will pinpoint is 2020 and it will be the excuse of COVID. Um, I'm torn. Do you, can you stick with me through a break or you want to go long right here? What do you want to do? Oh, sure. We can keep going. I love it because you don't mind. I I am enjoying talking to you. We'll be back with Ryan McMakin after this. That's right. If you're going to keep the guest on hold, at least bring him back with a little Fleetwood Mac. Very classy. Ryan McMakin, thank you so much, Mises Institute. But I really wanted to get through this with you. Um, I lived through a year in America I thought could never happen as somebody who was in love with the Americanism and the principles of this country. When you see that so many politicians were comfortable with placing citizens under house arrest, seizing their businesses and the right to their life, and you look now at the data, we have a year of data. Am I right in the fact that the data proves they were 100% wrong? However, I'm also very worried that they will do it again. Yeah, the well, the data uh, proves that uh, they the, their narrative wasn't right. Right now, I I don't offer my own explanation of the disease or how the disease works, but we can see clearly that places that had some of the harshest lockdowns also had some of the worst disease outbreaks, and we can see that these places which ended their lockdowns first and early or never had lockdowns, are performing at least as well or better than those places that are still lecturing the rest of the country about how all these people need to be locked down and double masking and all that sort of stuff. So the facts are very much uh, contrary to the actual experience in these various states. And then internationally, of course, we can look at Sweden, which has uh, a total deaths per million that is at least as good as, if not better, than a lot of these countries that had even worse and more draconian lockdowns. So 
the the facts point toward uh, at at least a lot of suspicion about just how science based was all this lockdown fetish that uh, was so popular among these politicians one year ago. And so looking at it, actually, you know, I, had sli- I ended up with a slightly different conclusion about America was uh, even although Americans polit- America's politicians uh, screwed up big time, looking around the world, uh, it, I was forced to conclude that, oh, gee, well, it looks like I, I picked the best country to be in when it came to having the whole world go psychotic and start locking down its populations. Because America is one of the few places where you can see where people actually resisted and where you can still leave your house and not have people shout you down like they are. Apparently in Madrid, if you leave your house and you're not wearing a mask, people will uh, basically scream at you. Uh, Well, I'm not sure what state you're in, but here in Illinois, I got a lot of trust fund babies, self-loathing trust fund babies that feel comfortable to remind you to put your mask on. And that's that's really the kind of uh, what I've enjoyed is that I also... Um, I, I spend a lot of time in Florida. And what I enjoyed the last time I was, uh, this last trip, um, Gretchen Whitmer came down to Florida after shutting down Michigan and was a scandal that I watched in real time be squashed in the Midwest, although it thrived in Florida, because we in, uh, Floridians have the highest amount of Democrat, both politicians and spouses that lived in Florida during the time, like here in Illinois, we have a very uh, uh, out of shape governor. His wife and, and daughter lived in Florida while he shut down Illinoisans. And I'm wondering, do you think that the enthusiasm and, and the American perception of the of the Corona situation and the way in which these totalitarian states shut down, do you think the people are getting wise to it and maybe are sick of the hypocrisy? Yes, I think so. I think that if they thought they could get away with it, I think these politicians would absolutely have more stay-at-home orders. They would absolutely lock people down again. They would do it for another year or two if they thought they would would uh, if they thought the people would let them do it. Uh, even the governor of Colorado. This was last summer when they asked him, "Are you going to do another stay-at-home order?" He just came right out and said, "I don't think people will follow it if we do another one." And he was one of the few, I think, uh, willing to honestly state that, uh, because I, I think a lot of politicians still harbor fantasies about doing it again, because it uh, makes them feel important and powerful. And a lot of them are true believers, too. They think this will just somehow magically make the disease go away. And so I definitely believe Gretchen Whitmer and people like her would do full-on stay-at-home orders if they thought they could do it. But the fact of the matter is most people, they're just going to ignore them. And also I think they see that in many areas, the police aren't going to enforce them again. I I think in some cases, uh, early on, the police were, they were going along with this. They were arresting moms for using playgrounds. They were arresting business owners. And I think they saw that was a real bad move because it really alienated their core supporting, <laughs> yeah. core supportive groups. And uh, I, I think they're now more bold in saying, well, you can do another shutdown, but we're not even going to enforce it. And so I think what you're getting is a public and also an enforcement arm uh, that are just not willing to go along with it. So it's not because these politicians have decided, oh, you know, that was a bad idea and so on. I think it's just they think they can't get away with it again. Uh, Ryan, I cannot thank you enough. I had such a good time talking to you. Please come back. Ryan Macon, Mises.org. Um, you also have a... Do, do, I, I've seen you on YouTube. Do you have your own uh, 
your own thing going? You have your own podcast? Are you on there every oh, week? We got a little show on uh, Mises Media, which is our channel, oh. uh, called Radio Rothbard, and we talk about things every couple of weeks, uh, but that's about it. Thank you so much, Ryan. I truly enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to grabbing Kami Cowboys, the book, and I'm looking forward to copywriting the name. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. We'll be back with your calls and comments. 312-642-5600. Irreplaceable. Johnny Rocket. The music's incredible when you're here. Keith, in the back room, terrible. Absolutely terrible. It's like he's picking music for elevators. That's why I'm glad to have Johnny Rocket back. And, uh, I got a text from a friend of mine. You know, as many of you know, I I go back and forth. And I was in Florida, and this story broke. It was a big scandal that uh, the governor of um, Michigan, one of the the most stringent lockdown states, was in Florida with her staff. And when they asked her about it, uh, she said her dad was sick. But it wasn't a vacation because she never went to the beach. And I talked to a buddy of mine up here. They didn't even hear about the story. News tonight, Michigan Republicans accusing Governor Gretchen Whitmer of being a hypocrite. This after the governor reportedly made a trip to Florida more than a month ago to see her father, who is critically ill. The trip coming as the state health department cautioned against travel due to rising cases. The governor's office says the trip was made when the state's daily positivity rate was in the low single digits and that no taxpayer money was used to fund that trip. Anybody want to bet the old man's fine? Anybody want to bet he uh, went to a massage parlor today? Debbie, getting your roots done is not essential. They are consistent, these tyrannical little demigods, aren't they? They are consistent. One says to people, you can't go get your hair done, gets her hair done. The other one says, you, everybody's got to stay locked down. She jets off to Florida like Pritzker's wife and daughter. It's classic. Like Newsom, same thing. He lives on his own set of rules. And you often wonder how much of this BS are they willing to take? And then you realize, why do people vote Democrat? Because they want in on the scam. Officials said tax reform and increases on the wealthiest Americans will pay for the nearly $2 trillion package. The president's first address to Congress will cover his other priorities, too. Police reform, immigration, gun safety, foreign policy, and ending the pandemic. On Tuesday, the CDC announced fully vaccinated people can ditch their masks outdoors if they're not in a big crowd. This is another great reason to go get vaccinated now. Ahead of tonight's speech, Democrats are praising the president's performance so far. The average American needs needs to feel that they have a really bright and sunny future, something they haven't felt in a while. While Republicans are already pouncing. I knew the president would be left of center. And I understand that elections have consequences, but I never thought he'd be left of winning. First hundred days, this president doesn't want bipartisanship. Advisor said President Biden is very involved in writing this speech. Tomorrow, he will head to Georgia to kick off about a 10-day tour that will take top officials to around a dozen states to promote the American Families Plan. Family spending. Everything from more expansion of the failure we call Obamacare. Free colleges, free daycare, free this, free that. More cheese. And you buy off the complacency. Well, the whole time you live like a God among men, not following the rules, 
that you implement on other people, constituents and non-constituents. That is the system. Teresa on the north side. How are you, Teresa? I'm good, Sean. Thank you. You know, this free preschool and free college garbage, um, yeah, no. You know, I give to four charities of my choice. If I see or hear something I'm interested in, I research the charity and I take it from there. I do not want to give my money to free preschools or free college. I am not responsible for putting other children through school. That's not a charity. It's stealing my money. And that's that's taxation. Whether you want to do that right. or not, whether you want to do that or not, we're all doing it. So you, 80, yep. eight in Illinois, 80% of your property taxes goes to the Marxist daycare centers we call school. 80% and you have nothing to say about it. And the idea no. that that's not enough, that a president of the United States has to create out of debt $1.8 trillion for more of it to organizations not only don't you have any influence in, but are literally telling kids the way your parents think is wrong. You are systemically racist for being born of a certain color. They're implementing racism in the name of racism. And by the way, the system of Americanism and individuality, that's all wrong. And we have to move over to this collectivist utopia that has killed 100 million people around the world. But this time we're going to get that Marxism just right. Teresa, thank you so much for the call. And you think I'm wrong? Then you didn't hear Pete Buttigieg. He's at it again. This do-nothing, know-nothing dimwit who looks like Cindy Lou Who. He, he can't get enough of it. He's got to keep sticking his foot in his mouth, which I guess... Uh, are there any other countries that you're looking to as examples of places that are getting this right when it comes to green initiatives, when it comes to equity and infrastructure? Yeah, different countries have different excellences. You know, on on uh, trains, for example, uh, Japan is famous. Different countries have different excellences, like the trains in Japan. I mean, it's it's just never. There's nothing on earth like a genuine, bona fide, electrified six car monorail. What I say, monorail. What's it called? Monorail. That's right, monorail. 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 It's the same thing. So now we're going to it's the Japanese get the monorail right. Sweden gets the health care right. Forget about the reality of it all. Forget about the actual reality and what it does to the people and the cost. Forget about it all. It's all worth it because we also have human infrastructure. What's that? That's where we give people a life and we tell them, yes, you can. You're good enough to live right. And no matter how many times we do it and it creates these these bastions of ghettos of, of, of terrorism in a nation, this time it's going to be perfect because we're going to pay people not to work. We're going to pay them not to raise their kid. In fact, what we're going to do is we're going to implement policies that separate them almost immediately from their children. And in this, we're going to teach those kids how to be very good little foot soldiers. It's kind of like the Hitler youth. And that's why this is the Fourth Reich. And this is the kind of policies they want to implement. It's the utopia they're building. In fact, they're following it goose step. I could have said lockstep, but I said goose step. Goose step to goose step. It's the same promises, the same vision of of a perfect utopia where life is splendid and we can all run around in the forest like uh, Sound of Music. It's going to be great. You just got to hang in there. And in the meantime, when it gets too tough, they go to states that live like free America. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back.
You know how many of these senators were blasting to this song in the 70s and 80s? You kidding me? John Kerry, Biden partying it up in the 70s. I, I only wish that they had cell phone video back then. These two scumbags, what they did to everybody, the way they lived in that Vegas for nerds called Washington, D.C., what a what an absolute scam. The birthplace of Viagra, however. Um, so there's a constant, and by the way, if you're on the line, stay in line. And don't forget, I have another half hour tonight. You stay tuned after 7 o'clock. Um, the contempt that the Democrats have for anyone who isn't in the Marxist mafia is really a theme, whether it's their taxation, whether it's their persecution, legal persecution, misuse of justice, or whether it's their reporting. Vanity Fair is a rag. I can't even imagine who buys this, who who supports this, who reads this. They are and and have been and will be a propaganda outlet, right? So they got an article. The nation's imbeciles lose their mind over fake news. Biden is taking their red meat. Uh, Joe Biden pledged at a virtual climate summit of the United States will cut greenhouse gas emissions by 50 to 52 percent from their levels of 2005 by two by 2030. We will use cutting edge tools to make America um, the next frontier in carbon innovation, retrofitting buildings, implementing vehicles. And at no time during the speech before his speech or after his speech, did the president make any mention direct or indirect of requiring Americans to change their diets, nor did the West Wing or anyone employed by the U.S. government say one thing about mandating that anyone stop eating anything, not exclamation mark, one exclamation mark, single exclamation mark, thing exclamation mark. And then they go on to call anybody who supports Donald Trump, They've lost their minds over extremely fake news. But here's what the idiots that support this diaper-wearing, dimwit, political whore pretending to be the president forget. He's not going to be the president for long. In case no one is watching or wants to speak the truth, he doesn't look like he's going to make it past 12 minutes. That's why I got 20 says he passes out after 12 minutes. And then who steps in? Somebody we know very little about other than she's a very fantastic afternoon date if you work with her. But now more questions for Senator Kamala Harris. So let's go straight to an audience question. Now, Carolyn Corsant is a lawyer from New York, Senator. She has a question about the impact of certain foods on the environment. Um, just to give some context here, the United Nations says that cattle, livestock cattle, uh, contribute 14.5% of all human-produced greenhouse gases, which is an incredible number. Caroline, go ahead with your question. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, climate change has been linked to, uh, to agriculture and the overconsumption of red meat uh, and also the overproduction of crops. Um, certain countries have changed their dietary guidelines uh, to reduce the consumption of red meat uh, in light of the impact of, of the climate change. Yeah. Uh, if elected... Uh, are you, will you be supporting uh, change uh, in dietary guidelines? And then how will you plan on implementing the changes so that people effectively change their diets? Yeah, I mean, I, it's, and thank you, Carol, for your work on the question. Um, there is, I, I think of the, the point that you're raising in, the, in, in a broader context, which is that as a nation, we actually have to have a real priority at the highest level of government around what we eat and in terms of healthy eating because we have a problem in America. 
um, and we can talk about all that we are now the subject of this conversation. We can talk about um, the amount of sugar in everything. We can talk. We could talk about soda. We could go on and on. Uh, so the answer is yes. Um, but I'll also say this: we the, the balance that we have to strike here, frankly, is about what government can and should do around creating incentives and then banning certain behaviors. I mean, just to be very there, you go. She said elected. But what about if you inherit the presidency, the most powerful office on the planet? See, so don't get don't get down and don't get lectured to by pseudo intellectual Marxist scum that would support this facade of a man not understanding what lies behind him is the real Fourth Reich. I'm going to take your calls. If you're on the line, stay on the line. If you want to be three, one, two, six, four, two, fifty six hundred. I got an extra half hour. And for that, I'm thankful to this diaper wearing dimwit. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Chartered Waters. After 7 o'clock, baby. That was a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. And I am interested uh, to answer Miles in Wheaton. Hi, Miles. Hey, Sean. Oh. I was wondering, that fellow, even if he was telling the truth about it only affecting 500,000 households, how much would that be per household? And then will this be like the alternative minimum tax? It was only supposed to handle a few millionaires who got away with uh, not paying taxes that I had to pay every single year when I tried to earn more money. Absolutely. That's absolutely the plan, because that, this is the formula that works among the people. You uh, rally up the greed and the, and the self-loathing and the contempt for anybody who has more than you. You get the support of the people, because that's human nature. Sorry, it just is. You know, Miles, that's one of the benefits of, of uh, good neighborhoods and good friends. When somebody does well, they are a prou- they're proud of them. But that's a very small percentage of people. The vast majority of humanity, when someone is doing better than they are, they have contempt for them because it's their own self-loathingness. It's the only outlet. They're jealous and they have the green eye. So they're looking for someone to, to bring him down. So that formula works. So you can always sell a new tax by t- attacking people who do better than most, because then you get the support of the people. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a million dollars. Why not go get it from that guy? I don't care how you get it. Use me to get it, and then say it's going to be righteous and just, and that's the system of taxation that, unfortunately, Americans support rather than realizing what the real system is. It doesn't matter, Miles, because they don't have to pay for it. We're in a country that has unfunded liabilities of $240 trillion. There's not enough money in existence to pay it off. So we just let this Ponzi scheme keep going. 
but they won't link this to inflation, so those would get down to people well below millionaires pretty soon. Like Obamacare. Remember how Obamacare was going to make everything better? Forget about the fact that the premiums... Now, now we lived through this, Miles. This is 11 years ago they did this to us. The premiums have gone up 400%. You want to talk about inflation? I mean, they could call it cost, but what it really is is inflation, right? So it went up 400%, but people don't care about it because you know who, who pays for it? Those bad companies and corporations or those real rotten entrepreneurs and self-employed people. So look at how comfortable Sean, Americans are doing that to each other. Sean, if they start giving away the health insurance like the silver plan and the subsidy with this first spending bill, we won't be able to elect a Republican because if people start getting that silver plan without deductibles, they'll turn DuPage County solid. They, they already have, Miles, and, that, and you're exactly right. That's why you and I and the other people, thank you, by the way, for the call, Miles. I truly enjoyed it. That's why you have to rally around these institutions that are American-principled. Like Mises. I have no interest in Mises. Like Cato. I have no interest in Cato financially. But these are there are groups out there. There are 74 million people got robbed in November. They're hoping they could buy you off. They're hoping they could make conditions so terrible that even you good people will turn to their, their socialism, which is really Marxism disguised as virtuous. And look at this is how they sold the PPP. As many small businesses struggled, money meant to save them went to luxury goods. According to federal complaints, that includes a Minnesota man who took money for manufacturing payroll and went golfing, a New Jersey attorney who got $9 million for fake businesses and remodeled his home, an Atlanta reality star who spent $2 million on a Rolls Royce and a Rolex watch, and a former NFL player who allegedly joined a scheme to get $24 million in federal funds. They all deny the government's charges. The Justice Department so far has charged more than 50 defendants for attempting to steal over $175 million from the Paycheck Protection Program. U.S. Secret Service has opened some 700 investigations into CARES Act fraud. Which programs are you seeing getting exploited by criminals the most? PPP. And you cannot turn on a conservative YouTube channel. You can't. They're, they're advertising it. And who supported the PPP? Republicans. Because they were selling corporatism. So you've taken people who normally are opposed to welfare. You shut down their lives. You lock their business up. And you told them if they take this loan, which, by the way, you don't have to fill out a lot of stuff, you may even not have to pay it back. And capitalists and conservatives and Republicans said, that's a socialism I like. And until we understand exactly what socialism is, and for some reason in a country that has lost hundreds of thousands of its boys fighting against socialism around the world, we are now implementing the very policies that are the foundation of it. And it's being done by an American party that claims to be a Democrat party versus what it really is, Marxists. And they're selling you a government handout a version of welfare, and a lie that you can tolerate, that they know can corrupt you. But they couldn't have done it if we would not have allowed them to unconstitutionally put us under house arrest and lock us up for our own good. See, and that's what all these Marxist countries do. They always hurt their own people for their own good. They always take from one section they deem to be bad for the other section, you know, for their own good. They're leveling out the fields. This is all for our own good. And that's how, if we don't push back, we will be the fallen empire. Robert in Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, how are you doing tonight? Good, how are you, buddy? 
I'm getting really angry here. I mean, you're exactly right about what you said. This guy is nothing, Obama, uh, Biden rather, is nothing but a puppet for... Uh, They're for all the same. The names office. are different because it's not, it's not people. It's a philosophy. And it is the Fourth Reich. And they are marching in. And they are taking over. And now they are going to just simply need a sales line. And there's not, I, I, I can't think of a way that we can stop this. You're going to tell me this all relies on, on Joe Manchin, who never oh. forget about that picture when, when Joe Biden is in the car with the Klansman, Bird, who's behind them. You ever see that very famous picture? It's all over. You can see it. Yeah, I've seen it. I've who's, seen it. Who's behind them is Joe Manchin. Yeah, yeah. So, well, the thing is, I can't, I can't stand Biden. I won't listen to a speech tonight, and I just only hope that we can get uh, 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 Trump back in there in twenty-four because this country is going to be toast. Well, if you can't, here's the thing, Trump. If you you got to realize he's going to be seventy-eight, right? And this is a big thing with me. But you also got to realize something. You've got to get somebody in there who had the good aspects of Trump. So you've got to get somebody. I would love it if we could recruit another capitalist. One with principles and, and, and determination to right the wrongs, not from politics. I think that's a winning formula. You just have to find that charismatic non-politician that can articulate to the people, I am going to put back the principles of Americanism, and I am going to reject this. Because the other thing you have to admit, don't get caught up, Robert, in this phony thing like, oh, we got to get him back in 24. He had four years. If he wanted to rock the world, he could have done it. He could have done it by not shutting down the federal government. That was a mistake. I'm sorry. I have a big problem with. If anybody could have pulled off, I'm not using the federal government as a weapon, as a handcuff against the American citizens. If you live in one of these corrupt Democrat mafia states, then let your governor shut them down and go to Florida on vacation. But the federal government will not take a position of locking up the citizens. He would have been a hero forever. But he didn't do that. What do you think about DeSantis for governor, uh, Governor DeSantis? What do you I, think about I, him? I, I think he's a wonderful politician. He's one of he's one of my top three favorites. But to yeah. be quite honest, um, I I don't know if he can sell that yeah. nationwide. Yeah. You know, you're going to have yeah. to get somebody. The beauty of Trump, you yeah. got to remember, he had massive support of Democrats, massive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and do do workers and do union members want to be capitalists why it's not in their best interest no. robert thank you so much thank i appreciate it thank you i love the calls i got two jeffs i'm gonna go to jeff who i think is first jeff and elgin hey how's it going john good jeff how are you hey i'm doing pretty good hey you know i'm i'm wondering you know the, the government wants to tell me what I, what i can and can't eat didn't they try that with the whole pop thing, the soda pop, they wanted to tell us what we, how much pop we could drink. Wasn't wasn't yeah? That in but New notice York? notice how they do it without you even being aware of it through regulation. You know, you remember that big scandal about the people, and I, I I'll be honest with you, I have very surface knowledge on it about the pasteurized milk versus the non-pasteurized. You remember that they were kicking in doors of farmers with like SWAT teams to arrest people who were selling milk that wasn't pasteurized. Do you remember that? No, I don't. No, no I don't. it's that, fascinating. That is... Go look it up, Jeff. It's fascinating. And then realize what they did with sugar and pop. Do you know now is the first time since the 70s that you can buy Coke that's made with real sugar? You actually have to ask for Mexican Coke. Did you know that? 
No, I didn't. Yeah, you can buy it at Chipotle, and it's the way you and uh, I don't know how old you are. I'm 53. When I was a kid, they used real sugar. I'm 53. Oh, so when I was a kid, they, when we were kids, they used real sugar. Then they changed that all in the late 70s, early 80s, and they started giving these kids the syrup, and that's why you got generations of fat, useless slobs out there. Thank you very much. I oh, appreciate it, it, Jeff. Thank you. So you didn't think we could offend the young? I could offend anybody. Jeff in Dundee. Hey, hey, Sean. I'm going to change my name to Oscar because everybody I know is named Jeff. But anyway, <laughs> I had a grandfather, anyway. Oscar. I'm going to. I have a great grandfather. I'm going to call you Oscar. Go ahead, Oscar. That's good. I'm Oscar. Right. Anyway, uh, it was. It's interesting today that in the in the news this morning I heard about it. It was not anywhere else on the news, but it was on your station that some woman sued the. Uh, state of Illinois for the FOID card, and there is a circuit court here in, somewhere up in the northwest suburbs that claimed that, uh, that ruled that it was unconstitutional. It went up to the Illinois Supreme Court. They kicked it back, and now they ruled again double. It's been ruled twice as unconstitutional. Remember we, we talked about yes. whether yes, you're going to pay... We're going to pay $500 for a mm -hmm. four-year four license to seal carry? Yeah. This is, that's not, no. We're and, not giving them no money. Give them no money. Jeff, I love it. And by the way, that's what kind of the Supreme Court ruling, thank you for the call, the Supreme Court ruling that the New York case could really kind of throw a wrench into these, um, these totalitarian states that want to infringe on your rights uh, to carry a weapon or to be armed. Um, so this could go a good way. It doesn't have to go a bad way. The problem is we're relying on people who pretend to be constitutionalists like John Roberts, like Kavanaugh, uh, like the girl that just got in who uh, I'm not very impressed with at all. Ron on the South Side. Hey, hey, yeah. uh, oh, uh, hey just two quick points, Sean. Yes. Look here. I, I keep asking this question. The Republicans say, well, gun control is not the answer, but they never come up with an answer. Yeah. It reminds me of um, the health care thing. Well, we're going to improve health care here for years. We didn't do it. Sean, just calling people socialists and Marxists, that. That's not going to do it. No, but here's so here's what I, I do. You, what, what, what is your, I'll just ask you, in terms of mass shootings, is that acceptable? Do you accept that? Of course I don't. But you have to understand, Ron, you, you, you're very familiar with these neighborhoods. How many of the of the victims know the perpetrators? How many of the people have omerta because they're afraid, because the streets are ruled by gangs and they're supported by aldermen? How much of that are you aware of as well? And then if I don't know if you I don't know if you were listening the other day, there's a judge that let a gangbanger who shot into a car plead out. They they, they wrapped it up in, in, in one of his plea deals. He walked for sh an unlawful gun shooting into a car. They gave him a misdemeanor and kicked it out. So is the is the answer, Ron, to 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 make it harder for you, who is a law abiding man who may want to protect his house and his kids to have a gun? Is that the answer? Because that's the only answer Democrats have. And when I call them no, this, when I, I call them this, Ron, because I'm trying to make people understand the, the philosophy of Marxism is an, is an organized crime. It's a mafia. And it's very similar to the Chicago Democrat, where it has loyalties born out of survival. And you know as well as I do, you're from the same streets I am. This is organized crime. This isn't a, a Chicago Democrat party. These are gangsters. Mike Madigan is the most successful 
crime mob boss in the history of the world. It certainly isn't Al Capone. It certainly isn't John Gotti because they didn't get pensions. Mike Madigan collects 8000 a month after stealing, what, robbing the citizens of, of, of Chicago of future. So, Ron, I'm not just calling them it. I'm proving it, Ron. They are Marxists. They are a mafia. And I'm on your side. To help me help you. Thank you very much. I'll be back. 312-642-5600. It's the final I could get used to this extra time, but I love this stuff. See, I love the conversation. It's important that we have it. And I'm not just calling people names. And I know Ron understands that. I'm proving it beyond the shadow of a doubt. There's no question. It's us against the Fourth Reich. Michael Carpentersville. Sean, yes, sir. Hey, you know, uh, I'm really happy that you got your own show. Thank you, brother. Really happy, man. I mean, I, yeah, you deserved it from the first time I heard you as a caller, you know, on, on you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, to get to the point, yeah, so, yeah, I think that uh, God's in control. And are you aware of all the forensic audits that are going on around? Yeah, I am. I, 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 uh, I'm aware of it. Do I think there's any okay. likelihood of anything good happening? You know, and uh, I okay, don't. Well. I don't. I think the system is against us. And here's the other thing, Michael. And I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. So don't take this the wrong way. Yeah. No. I know. But, I mean, but I'm just the, putting the, my faith in the Lord, and I think there's going to be some major miracles coming. Go ahead. Sorry, and I'm I sorry. think, and I, and sure. I hope you're right. Listen, I hope you're right. But I also yeah. think about all those, all those learning through history of the of the inhumanity to man that man does. <sighs> And you look at how many yeah. Jews on the on the train cars prayed to God. How many Cambodians in the killing fields, you know, and all of it throughout history. So I'm not. Uh, I think that's wonderful, and I'm 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 hoping that everything I heard is right and yada yada. I get it, but in the meantime, brother, I'm going to do all I can to fight every time I can and every way I can legally, and that's smart. And that's what I'm trying to do is have these conversations like the one I just had with Ron. I love that. Because I know I could just tell in his voice, he, he wants a solution like so many people do. And the solution is Americanism, and we have to, to get it back. So thank you, Michael. And by, th- by the way, thanks for the compliments. I appreciate it very much. Lee Hammond, how are you? Hey, Sean. Hey, uh, Sean, you know, in, in regard to this, uh, you know, the question about the gun crimes, yeah. it doesn't take Einstein to figure out what's going on here. Ever since Kim Fox got in, it's got exponentially worse. Uh, if there's no punishment for the crime, the crime's going to get worse. It's, you know, Lee, it's, they let the guy walk. He shot into a car. When he was asked, he admitted it and said, I feel, I felt disrespect that he was going to teach him a lesson. And the guy is a revolving door. He's out on the street again. I mean, right. come on. It's Sean. preposterous, man. Yeah, Sean, I remember a, about a year or so back when that Hispanic police officer from Hegwish was murdered downtown it was by a guy that was a three-time loser with gun charges and he kept getting let out till he killed somebody yeah this well, is what goes on we got to tell democrats we got to tell democrats we need to abort the criminals and pardon the babies maybe if we could trick them thank you very much lee i'm hoping there's something out there kevin last call i got a heart out how are you kevin Hey, Sean, how are you? I was wondering if you uh, heard the uh, Fox News update where they said that they arrested a social media agitator to the January 6th riot, but he wasn't even there, and how they don't arrest any of the Black Lives Matter Antifa social media agitators at all. They don't do anything with them, but this guy just got arrested. Why would they do something for for, for the agitators of BLM or Antifa when the reality is they are operating as a foot soldier for the Marxists in charge? 
I'm, I'm dead serious. The greatest thing to happen to the Democrat Party is the Antifa and BLM. And the people who, who are swayed by their sales pitch don't even care that they raise hundreds of millions of dollars. And the people who head it up own tens of millions in real estate and enrich themselves and give virtually no money to the areas and the people they say they represent. The problem is they got a better sales pitch and a better lie than we do with liberty and freedom. Kevin, thank you for the call. And the reality is that's all it is. All they have is a sales pitch, but they're ahead of the game. They're playing chess and we're playing checkers. We actually do have an ideological frame. Um, Myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, We uh, are trained Marxists. There you go. See, Ron, I'm not calling them names. They're, They're admitting it off off color, you know, before they made all the millions and decided to become real estate moguls. This is not hyperbole. This is not, ooh, they're bad, we're good. I'm willing to tell you how how rotten Republicans are, and if you really listen to my show, I do it often. The reality is we have to put our faiths back into the principles of Americanism. We have to win the argument of the Enlightenment because we are losing it to collectivism. Collectivism that is selling in this country has destroyed hundreds of countries around the planet and has killed over 100 million people people and yet our very politicians are selling it right and and so specifically you mentioned china as in in the competitiveness factor and we've seen as the biden administration continues to promote its infrastructure plan that it's positioned china as a threat to the u.s but but they're invested with china and china has the president's son on two companies that we know of they also have mitch mcconnell's wife on a company This is a system we need to tear down and put back the principles of liberty and freedom and Americanism. This is more than hyperbole. This is the reality. It's us against the Fourth Reich. Now have fun as you watch Hale Wetpants give his little speech tonight and promise more health care for everybody, even though it's going to cost 400% more. I had so much fun. I will talk to you tomorrow. This was an extra half hour that I love. Be back tomorrow. Goodbye and good riddance. Don't believe in shooting stars, but she believe in shoes.